You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are here tonight. Uh, I know there was a little bit of confusion last week. We're planning on doing the show at the last minute. We had a little situation that popped up and prevented us from doing it, and it was a little bit too late to prevent the text message from going out. So my apologies on that, but we're here this week. We thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. And without any further ado, let's jump directly into the uh, reports for this week. Coming out of the USDA truck rate report, fruit and vegetable report, this week there's not a lot of movement on uh, any of the markets. Most of the markets are showing adequate supply of trucks, and there are no markets that are showing shortages or slight shortages of trucks, and there are about three markets that are showing slight, slight surpluses, and those markets that are showing the surplus is, is Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona, Mexico crossing through Texas, and Texas all right. So Texas may not be the greatest area right now. Uh, if you're pulling produce to uh, get a pretty good, to get a really good rate out of right now. And been to Texas in about a year, so if anybody out there is experiencing something a little bit differently than what we seem to be reporting, by all means, chime in and give us a little bit of uh, real-world information on what you're actually experiencing out there on the market coming out of Texas. Um, and of course, tonight we do not have a we do not have a guest speaker uh, coming on tonight. So we welcome as much interaction from you guys as you would like to participate in the show. Go ahead and press number one. We'll get to your calls here, and we can have a little bit of an exchange. But without any further ado, we're going to go back and jump into um, a popular segment of the show that we kind of jumped into. We started, and that's the bad and ugly broker report list. And this list um, for this month has grown a little bit more already. Let's see here. We have Trans Freight United LLC. Their MC number is 946-226. Trust fund was canceled on 5416 they have over $67,000 in non-payment complaints reported. Next up, we have GL Logistics and Green Light Services, LLC. Their MC number is 861-497. FMCSA shows surety bond set to cancel. 63016, over $28,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. The next to make the list, ANS Logistics, Inc., MC number 943-442. Trust fund scheduled for cancellation on 723, according to the FMCSA. Over $6,000 in non-payment complaints reported to truckstop.com. Next up on the list, we have Ambassador Distribution Services, LLC. MC number is 889 Trust fund canceled over $5,000 in non-payment complaints reported. 
Jad Freight Services is the next up on the list. MC number is 527-673. FMCSA shows trust fund counsel over $39,000 in non-payment complaints reported to truckstop.com. Our specialty, uh, the next one to make the list and the round of this, our, our specialty transport services, LLC, MC number is 642-821. Trust fund is canceled. Over $145,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. They are listed as an extreme risk, to say the least. Uh, moving on over, jumping into this week's DAT trend lines report. For the week of July 3rd through the 9th, load to truck ratios and rates continued to rise last week. For vans and reefers, which is not typically the trend for July, flatbed rates declined, however. And over the last week, we have fuel prices that have dropped by 0.4%. National average price for diesel is $2.41 per gallon. And going and jumping into the spot market van demand and capacity report for the previous week, the load-to-truck ratio gained 6% for vans last week as load postings dropped 19%. And truck postings declined 24%. A 20% decline in load board activity is expected during the holiday weekend. The ratio climbed from 3.4 up to 3.5 loads per truck, the highest this year as the national average van rate added 8 cents per mile. And for June... Load surged by 49%. Load posting surged in June 49% compared to May. The truck postings declined 8.7% for a 63% boom in the load-to-truck ratio. The ratio jumped from 1.8 to 2.9 loads per truck. Compared to June of 2015, the ratio was higher by 22%. This is the first year-over-year -year increase in 2016 to date. So that's significantly, that's uh, some significant ground that has been made. Jumping over into the, the U.S. fan rates for the previous week of July 3rd through the 9th, national average van rate jumped $0.08 cents per, per mile last week, which included the 4th of July holiday. Rates were up in Philadelphia and Atlanta, but dipped in Los Angeles. Taking a look around the country, Starting out, as we normally do, up in the northeastern portion of the United States, the average spot market rate coming out of that area was $1.62 per mile. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is the representative city for the northeast. Jumping down to the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing an average rate for dry vans on the spot market at $2.04 per mile. Moving back up into the Midwest, we have Chicago, Illinois checking in, showing average rates for dry vans at $1.93 per mile on the spot market. Moving down into the, cent the south central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas checks in, showing an average rate of $1.59 per mile. And setting the high water mark, the benchmark, if you will, 
for drive-ins coming out of the West Coast, the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. Checks in showing the average rate for drive-ins moving at $2.21 per mile. Moving over into the flatbed demand and capacity report for the week of July 3rd through the 9th. Flatbed load posting declined 20% last week. They expected decline in a holiday week that included 20% fewer work days. Capacity also fell 20%, leading to a slight dip in the load-to-truck ratio. From 15.7 down to 15.6 loads per truck. The changes in demand and capacity were slight, but the national average flatbed rate dropped 10 cents. So let's look at those rates and how bad they may have fallen in uh, each of the respective markets. The national average flatbed rate dropped 10 cents per mile down to $1.85 per mile last week as a national average. Uh, so let's look at coming out of the northeastern portion of the United States. Harrisburg checks in showing an average rate for flatbeds at $3.01 per mile, and that is actually setting the high uh, high water mark, the benchmark for flatbeds is that northeastern corridor, that $3.01 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in showing an average rate for flatbeds at $2.22 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Rock Island checks in showing average rates of $2.37 per mile. Houston, Texas checks in being the south central portion of the United States representative city at $2.03 per mile. And moving out west, we have Phoenix, Arizona checking in, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $1.85 per mile. And let's move on and jump into the reefer demand and capacity for July 3rd through the 9th. During the July 4th holiday week, reefer load postings were down by 18%. Truck postings dropped 19%. A 20% decline in all load board activity can be attributed to the short work week. The load-to-truck ratio rose 1% from 6.4 up to 6.5 reefers, a 6.5 reefer load per truck. The national average spot market for reefers added $0.05 cents compared to the previous week. And let's see here. For the month of June, June loads rocketed up by 49%. Reefer load availability rocketed up 49% in June compared to May. Truck postings declined 9.5%. That gave the load to truck ratio a 65% boost for the month. From It moved up from 3.5 up to 5.7 on average loads per truck. Compared to June of 2015, the ratio has edged down by 2.9%. Moving on over to close out this report, let's look at the United States uh, reefer rates on the spot market for July 3rd through the 9th. In the week that, it, that included the 4th of July holiday, average reefer rates rose $0.05 per mile up to $2.02. The first time this year, that the average rates have topped the $2 mark. Rates were up in Sacramento, Chicago, 
but we're down in Atlanta. And taking a look around the country, we have Elizabeth, New Jersey checking in for the northeastern portion of the United States, showing an average rate for reefers on the spot market at $1.63 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Lakeland, Florida checking in, showing an average rate for reefers at $1.56 per mile. Moving into the Midwest, and as always, Green Bay, Wisconsin, setting the benchmark for reefers at $2.51 per mile. Down in the Rio Grande, McAllen, Texas, is the south-central portion of the United States representative city, showing average rate at $1.75 per mile. And out west, Fresno, California, checks in, showing average spot market rates for reefers coming in at $2.19 per mile. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up this week's DAT trend lines report. I see we got a couple of people that's got their hands raised, so we're going to go ahead and take a few calls real quickly. Got some other information that we want to try to get out there to you uh, as well. We'll jump into the uh, phone calls and let's see here. We got Andre. Andre, you got a question for us or a comment? I got a comment for you, Rico. All right. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of new to the show, and I don't know if any other drivers have ever brought this up or not. But um, hearing, you know, the importance of making cold calls and, you know, working with brokers and such, um, the way I was taught to drive, I always keep a notebook. I always write down, you know, where I'm picking up, where I'm going to. I know if I like a receiver or not. A lot of the times um, I used to name as well and phone number, and, I mean, hell, that's a, that's a, that, that's a contact with a broker as well as a job interview because you haul the load for them. I don't think a lot of drivers understand that when they go out on their own and, you know, start trying to make their own contacts. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that, that we try to talk to everyone about is the importance of relationships. Uh, I think that's across the board, across all the platforms from Kevin Rutherford, myself, and even Mike Beckett. And ladies and gentlemen, i got to apologize if we didn't set the timer correctly for the show again. We're going to keep going, uh, but we it's not going to be recorded, unfortunately. We didn't set the timer correctly for the show. Um, but uh, but to get back on tag, get back on subject, you definitely want to uh, want to try to keep those uh, lines of communication and those relationships open, and because, like you said, that that makes it a warm call. And not only, I wouldn't only recommend you keeping, uh, if you're a company driver, keeping the names of brokers and things like that that you deal, dealt with, but keep names of contacts of people at the at the uh, the most important places at the shippers and receivers. You know, at your companies and your consignors because those people may be a contact to where you might be able to get direct freight where you're not dealing with the broker as much. Uh, those relationships are are critical. Uh, not trying to say that you, you know, you, you of course always want to practice best business practices when you're dealing with those situations, but it turns that cold call into a warm call, and it, and it helps when somebody knows your name, knows your work ethic, and, and knows what kind of, uh, you know, the, your, your type of, delivery 
when you're servicing them. So that definitely helps in everything out along those lines. Um, and, and that's a great tip. I, I appreciate you calling in with that, Andre. Anything else you want to want to add to that? Uh, no, Rico. Just uh, you know, I really love the show, and hope I get to hear a lot more of these because I like them. Well, we appreciate the call, appreciate the support, and we we plan on trying to uh, develop and grow some more. So, but keep the tips coming. Uh, you know, anything like that. You know, we definitely that's one of the things that we definitely appreciate from you guys. We love to hear feedback. We love to hear different things on how we could help um, make your businesses a, lo- a little bit more profitable, things that we can do and, and exercises that we can try to bring here as a group collective so that we can kind of share in the information. Let's see here. We got Jeremy that wants to get in and get, he has a question for us, I believe. So let's go and check with Jeremy. Jeremy, you're up live with Rico. How can we help? Hey, good evening, Rico. How are you doing today? Oh, we're doing well, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing well also. Thank you guys so much for what you do. We appreciate it. Um, my question for you this evening is I'm, I'm an owner-operator. Um started uh, back in December, and uh, I work a lot out here in the, uh, the northeast. And what I'm looking to do is possibly branch out, get my own authority towards the end of the year or beginning of next year. Um, and I have several um, driver friends who are looking to, to possibly go on with me, and they would like to, to be more consistently home. And so I'm looking to see how I would go about um, the lane of doing more car hauling and um, how that looks on the East Coast here or the Northeast. I'm in Pennsylvania. And, and the, the contacts that I need to start building, how does that look? Like I said, this is new to me. Um, who, am I, who am I contacting? Who am I networking? Um, I haul freight out of Indiana, like uh, consistent freight like campers and RVs. And then I get on central dispatch to do a lot of um, – uh, like spot hauling, car hauling back, um, so I'm not deadheading. Um, and so I'm getting into the more of the car hauling because it would allow my guys, I think, to be home more consistently. And so that's the kind of market I'm looking into getting into. But I'm just seeking advice on, on, on that right now. Okay. Um, it's funny you mentioned car hauling. I was looking into doing a little car, um, you know, exploring the, the possibility of doing some car hauling myself and, and, and along my research, I found a great channel on YouTube. Uh, there's a young lady that has a channel on YouTube that goes, she goes into a lot of different things um, to show you how to get direct customers and things of that nature right there on YouTube. She gives you a little bit of information, um, and, and it's, I think it may be useful. Uh, she, but at the end of the day, she, she does have a, a, a course that she's trying to sell. Which which might be useful as well. I don't think it's it's really a uh, cost prohibitive. I can't remember the exact price that she was trying to get for the course. But if you go to YouTube and check out um, what is her name? I think the channel was Relo Geek. Let me uh, maybe give me just a second. Let me see if I can open up my YouTube really quickly because I subscribe to the channel. Um, and that's always uh, with with the. Internet, that's always a, a great thing is, is that uh, there's always a ton of information at your disposal if you take the time to put in the right keywords to search for it, and you'll be surprised what kind of information can come back for free. And, yes, that her name was R-E-L-O-G-E-E-K-L-L-C. So that's R-E-L-O-G-E-E-K-L-L-C. And she's on YouTube, uh, and she has... Let's see here. How many videos does she have up here? 
she has quite a few videos. There's there's a she has on her channel. She has quite a few videos, and basically all her videos deal with um, car hauls. Um, okay. More tips and advice on on different things of that nature. So that 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 might be a that might be a place to start. Especially YouTube, you know, you can check out some videos. Just invest some time in checking out the uh, videos that she has up that she that she has to offer. She talks a little bit about central dispatch, but she she mostly a lot of the stuff that I've seen that she was talking about actually obtaining more direct leads and direct customers uh, for your for your car hauling business. Um, so that's definitely, hopefully that's a, a good resource for you. And give me some feedback on that. Like I said, I got to watch maybe about five or six of her videos, but she has a ton of videos on here. So uh, do, you can you can probably spend some time there and get some uh, get some really good information. I'm trying to see her video count, but it's it's, it's quite a few videos, and she got she got a, a substantial. Uh, uh, viewership too, because a lot of videos are up up around two thousand views, two thousand, three thousand views. So um, with that many views, she's got to be some pretty good stuff in there. So that, that's yeah. definitely one one place that you could look into. And of course, I mean, um, like you were saying, in that that category puts you in a little bit more of a specialized niche as well. So I believe that the more specialized your niche. The easier it possibly, it possibly is to find and locate your potential customers, and with that mm-hmm. many people that you got coming on, if you develop, uh, you know, if you got enough people coming on, you can develop a, a strategy. If everybody stays in the same, you know, close to the same area, you could probably develop a strategy to where you can have a truck. If you're developing a dumbbell, or you know, the, our, our dumbbell concept that we talk about, if you got, you know, in two different markets just going to run back and forth between two different markets, you know, you could um, you could mark, possibly market the possibility of having a truck in those markets every day. And, you know, that, that, that kind of builds that, uh, that you, you, you dependable for capacity on a daily basis. Um, and that may help out when somebody may be in a jam or in a pinch and if they know for a fact that they can call on you guys that you, that you got a truck in that area and that you may with the potential of having the capacity to be able to take care of their need, that's definitely uh, would put you probably at the top of a lot of roller decks that um, that would be moving that type of freight. Awesome. Well, hopefully, well, that's a- hopefully some of those things. Yeah, hopefully some of those things can kind of give you uh, you know give you a little insight. And if you don't mind, Jeremy, like I say, uh, give us a little bit of feedback in, in, on on uh, the Real Old Geeks uh, site and let us know how that how that works out for you. I will definitely check that out. And uh, I have another question for some of your listeners. I'm looking at, um, instead of doing the big rigs with the car haulers, is is doing like a Kodiak 5500, uh, the Chevys, like one and a half ton, and doing uh, between a four and a six car hauler. And so I wanted to see if anybody out there has been doing that, how those run, how they pull, and uh, how they've been doing with those. So I'll continue to listen if you have any customers that, that call in and I've been doing something along those lines and it's working out well for them and uh, continue to take any advice as far as that goes. All right. Well, we'll put it out there to the community and see if we get some responses on it. Looks like we got a, a few people that's raising their hand, so we might have some, uh, some feedback on that right now. So uh, we appreciate the call, Jeremy. We look forward to uh, maybe giving you some more information to help you out on your journey. Thank you so much, sir. Hope you have a great night and uh, we'll continue to listen. Thank you. 
And once we get those callers screened up, we'll um, get those guys on board. For the reefer haulers out there, Chiquita is moving back to Gulfport. Got a, a report today that uh, the Chiquita Pineapple and Banana Company, they are moving back to uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, out of New Orleans. They had moved their operation into New Orleans, but as of July 5th, this press release says uh, the Orlando-based Chiquita U.S. Corporation announced on July 5th that it plans to relocate its Gulf of Mexico operations from the port of New Orleans back to the port of Gulfport. The move is scheduled for August, according to the release. So if you are in that area, that may give you an opportunity to uh, try to see, if you, especially if you got your Twit card and, and can get into those ports, give you an opportunity to maybe see if you can drum up some business with Chiquita. So I thought I'd put that information out there. Let's see if we have uh, our caller screen. Yes, let's go and check with Steve here. Steve, you're up live on the board with Rico. How can we help? Hey, my friend, how are we doing today? I cannot complain one bit. How about yourself? I am doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Man, I want to say kudos to you for the work that you're doing. Um, and um, I just want to say I, I really appreciate, uh, definitely appreciate the work that you're doing because I tell you it's, it's much needed and it's something that I, whenever I get a chance, I, I try to tune in to you every Wednesday. Um, and if I don't tune in to you every Wednesday, I, I check you out on the podcast. And, man, I tell you, I've I really been enjoying uh, the show, and I want to just say uh, kudos to you. Um, you took our the, the question – the question I, I kind of wanted to run run my scenario by by you and just kind of see what you thought about it. I've been thinking about go ahead and pulling the trigger on getting my authority. Um, I uh, basically, you know, been listening to Kenny Long pod, podcast from show one, you know, writing down notes on about going at it, getting the authority, and and and. And you know, I even did more like a practice run on on getting it, and I believe that I can um, do it by following his advice. Um, um, I, uh, I I'm currently leased to Landstar. Um, I have around fifteen thousand saved in the bank as of right now, and uh, and I, which I know I'll need a drive-in trailer to you know to be able to to get my authority. Um, basically I got all my bills paid, you know, no more just, you know, utilities that I got to pay every month. And, um, and I, I guess my question is, is as far as rates and what I'm looking at, which I know Landstar is a uh, contracted rates versus, you know, versus the spot market rates. Um, is it, is it a good, am I in a good position? Just say, pull the trigger, go ahead, get my authority in that area. It, you know, if you were in my shoes, and also well, the truck that I'm in is is paid for, also. Well, congratulations, first of all, for for even thinking along those lines. Um, there's a little bit more information that we probably would need. Um, what area of the country are you going to be servicing? Uh, do you do you kind of have a service area uh, kind of carved out 
And also, do you have any uh, potential customers that you plan on trying to seek out to secure for your own uh, uh, for, for your own operation? Yes, sir. Uh, well, uh, here the area that I plan to run is uh, something like south of uh, you know anything south of I-40 east of Dallas. You know, in that area, and you know, I may run a, a little over, you know, into the various states or whatever, like, but not too far out, but mostly southeast. And um, to kind of give you a background, um, you know, uh, Whitland Star, I, I had a friend of mine that, you know, um, a friend of mine that, I, you know, I was dealing dealing with. That I'm on. Uh, well, let me back up and say this: I'm on a dedicated account with Landstar, mm-hmm. and I help set this dedicated account up, you know, through Landstar. It's more like I found the I found the account, you know, and then this agent that I was constantly dealing with, I let it, them know about, you know, about the account, and we, you know, we locked in this account, and I have been doing this account ever since the 1st of November. And with those skills and that negotiation skills, because I love, I love negotiation. I, I mean, I get a thrill out of negotiations and, I, I I may be some some type of a freak, but I get a thrill out of negotiation. But with the, but I feel and I see I, I see some more accounts. You know I hadn't you know just say dug into it, dug into it, dug into it. But I see some more accounts outside of Landstar, or accounts that Landstar is not doing. Um, uh, that I that's potential. You know potential that 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 will allow me to run in this general area. You know, um, well, let me uh, you know, and, and you're, you're in luck. Mm-hmm. You're you're in luck. I got uh, I, I got uh, I got somebody else that I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring on in just a second. Maybe they can throw you a little piece of advice too. Uh, didn't know that they were gonna be listening to listening in to the show tonight, but we definitely appreciate it. Mr. Chuck Snow is going. I'm, I'm gonna get him on board here in just a second. I see him in our call queue. Um, oh wow, but, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 and 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 next week you might be good to call back in next week because we'll have um, we'll have uh, attorney Hank Seaton on, and and part of my piece that I'm going to say it would definitely be in his ballpark is that I don't know even though you might have helped uh, Landstar secure that lo- um, that that, that uh, customer and everything, and you're doing it on a dedicated mm-hmm. service, I'm not 100 percent sure that they may be too happy. We're just letting you walk out the door with that customer that they have, uh, even though you may have been the one to uh, to maybe help introduce them to that. Uh, that may be a little bit of a conflict there, and not sure exactly if, if that's if that may be a hundred percent kosher. Now, if you are got your own authority and, and you got a decent relationship with your with your agent that you are working with, it's a possibility that, that you probably could still continue to run that load. Uh, once you get your own authority, so th- those things like that, you kind of have to be, you kind of got to be careful about it, and, and you want to be ethical about the way that you handle that situation. So definitely, you might have to just strike out and go target more customers that don't have any, uh, you know, they call them like a real true arms length transaction that doesn't have a relationship with Landstar. Um, and with that said, right. I'm going to bring Chuck Snow on and, and see if we can get him up and on board. Chuck Snow, are you there, sir? Yeah, Rico, how are you? Hey, we're doing well. We appreciate you calling in and checking in with us tonight. We wasn't expecting that. 
Well, you know what? I was sitting at my desk, and I thought, i got to hear what Rico's saying tonight. And I called in, and, of course, I don't know enough to keep my mouth shut, so I had to call. I had to press the button. Um, two things. Number one, the gentleman that called in, I think, uh, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry, um, but he was uh, the car hauler. Yes, I've had some experience with that personally, because uh, we owned a uh, car hauling company at one time. Um, I strongly recommend that he sticks with the Class 8. I had an experience on last weekend where I bought a Class 5 uh, Ford F550 and took a 10,000-pound shipment on a flatbed uh, just into Montreal from uh, Milton, Ontario, just to play truck driver, to be honest. And I actually wanted to see what this truck would do. It was my curiosity. And uh, really impressed with the handling and everything else, but when it comes down to it, um, it's no cheaper to operate, and it limits you. Um, you know, it's just you may as well just go and buy a big truck, put on more cars, and make more money because the difference in fuel was minimal. Um, I think I may have averaged about seven miles per gallon um, to the Canadian gallon, and uh, it's just you know I can get almost that with my big trucks. So, what's the sense? Wow. You may as well just okay. stay with, you know, keep it a class eight. Now, on this last call, though, it's a very interesting thing. Number one, be very careful taking customers away. Okay. Yes, all due respect, it sounds like you are what I would call a hustler, and I, I respect that, and I think that's a great skill set. And um, if you're going to go out on your own, it sounds like you're one of the few. At first, when I heard you talk, I thought, oh, don't do it, buddy. You're on with Landstar. They're a great company. But listening to you talk, it sounds like you are, you're in it for the hustle. Um, you enjoy that, and you enjoy the challenge of getting new customers. You, you, you're saying all the right things that I like to hear for somebody to want to go out. Um, I'm going to warn you. I wouldn't take one of Landstar's customers because they probably have an awful lot more money than your $15,000, and that's not going to cover one day in court. Um, don't mess with these guys because somewhere along the line, I bet you, even though you brought them the customer, you have signed some sort of a non-compete agreement. And right. these people these people have full-time lawyers, and when those guys aren't don't have enough muscle, they have all sorts of the best law firms on Wall Street on retainer. And I learned that a long time ago. Um, you know, the guy that taught me how to fight was a guy named Gene Carroll, who I picked a fight with, same sort of thing. And uh, he taught me everything I knew, and it was a very painful, expensive lesson. So if I can share that with you, uh, it sounds like you've got everything it's going to take to get out there and get your own customers um, if you want to do that. Most of the people that I talk to that want to do this, I don't think that they're adequately prepared for it. Um, it sounds like you are. So, you know, I don't know what you're making at Landstar. The people that I've spoken to, you know, in the last five years or so that are on with Landstar, especially in the U.S., seem to be making very good money. And I often wonder why any of them would ever want to leave because they seem to be making more money working for Landstar than they would working anywhere else, including being on their own. Now, you know, maybe different when you're on a closed-loop contract, and, you know, I don't know what your contract is, and I 
tour. So certainly, I don't want to ask it on a public forum, but you know that better than anybody. And if you feel that you can make more money by going it alone, uh, go for it. But don't take their customer. It's, it's just not a good idea. Yes, sir. I'm 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 aware of the non-compete clause, um, but I just feel you know without taking any of Landstar customers, you know I feel that I can I can you know sort of beat the bush uh, beat the bush and find my own customers on my own. Um, it's really not to make more money because I am doing well. I am doing well with Landstar. It's really not to make more money or anything like that, but I just enjoy the challenge and the different uh, obstacles that come up, um, you know, in, in the trucking industry. And, and I guess I won't be happy or satisfied until I'm operating on my own. I, I guess I can say that. Okay. And you know what? That that works for you. Um, I got to warn you, that is a an emotional decision, not a logical one. And you should really run your business with uh, – logic not emotion but you know what i'm not going to tell another uh, person how to run his or her business oh i'm open because right now you're getting paid and you know you're getting paid and you're making money and that's what business is all about yes sir so you know it's it's totally up to you and i do understand the emotional side of things uh, because i'm an emotional guy sometimes and you know sometimes i just have to sit on my hands Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and that's that's what I'm looking for. You know, even before I pull the trigger, I want to get all the information that I can get, and you know, and basically go go from there. And I and I do appreciate the information that you give us. Uh, you know, each and every time you come on, I really do appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, it sounds like you you know it, you definitely have the uh, you have the skill set to do this. There's no reason you know. Um, it's just you get into a whole different world where you're collecting money. You know, Rico, I didn't listen to the beginning of the show. I was with a client. That's why I'm still here. But usually at the beginning of the show, Rico's talking about the bad-paying brokers. Um, yes, and sir. that's becoming more and more prevalent. And those are going to be, for the first little while, your customers. And you're, you're going to have that risk factor that you don't have right now. Yes, sir. What, one yes, thing sir. that I would recommend... I'm, I'm, is 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 the goal? Um, check out a book before you before you actually get everything. But check out. I don't know if you ever had a chance to read the book yet or not. But uh, you know, I highly recommend uh, the E Myth Revisited. Check that book out. Excellent, excellent book uh, for anyone that's thinking about starting a business or if you're already in business. To kind of give you a little bit of a, um, uh, it, it kind of helped me put some things into perspective. You know. Mm. Always, when you're looking at your business, how are you? How is it going to end? Are you planning on growing a business to make it uh, something that you want to be able to grow large enough to sell, or is there something just for yourself? What is, what is the end game with your with your business model? Even with you know, what I'm saying I know you, you understand you want to be trying to do drive vans, but at the end of the day, you know, do you want to grow it big enough for you to sell it? Or are you just going to run it as a, a one man army, a one truck operation? Just enough to sustain yourself and your family, and and and, and be happy that way. Or do you plan on uh, have bigger aspirations on trying to, uh, um, you know, become a, a major fleet to grow large enough to be a, a possible uh, buyout candidate to get a long sum of money at the end of the day. But check that book well, out if you haven't read it. I think it's an excellent read. Um, it's an excellent. It's, it's 
especially starting out of business. What was the name of the book again? It's called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Okay. And I want to add something. I'd like to add one thing that I want you to keep in mind. It's something I read earlier this week from an old friend of mine, Mark Borkowski, in one of his articles. Um, It should be noted, however, that people fail business. Business does not fail people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keep that in mind when you're making those decisions. Yes, sir. And I do appreciate it so much. I really do. Good All luck. right, well, Stephen, we, we, we appreciate we appreciate the phone call. Is there anything that you want to add before we, before we get up out of here? No, that's it, and I do appreciate it again. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate the phone call and the support. So, Chuck, man, what's been going on? I, it, it's been a little while. It certainly has. You know what? We're pretty busy. Uh, things are going well. Um, you know, not a lot of outbound out of Canada, but we're making do. We're somehow getting through it. Uh, lots coming back in. Um, it just overall, it's a busy time of year. Well, that's How about kind of you? I was getting ready to get in. We're not complaining on this end not one bit. Um, that's something that I was going to get into a little bit. We was talking, we were looking at a different report. Uh, we're going to go into uh, the U.S. economy, and we're just looking at that the stocks were able to erase the. Uh, the little problem that with the uh, with with the Britain and the Brit uh, the, the trauma that came out of that whole little situation um, says here that the S and P 500 closed on this past Friday up by 1.3 percent, and the Nasdaq Composite Index surged by 1.9 percent. So both stock mark both markets were doing just fine. Bond markets are telling another story, while stocks restored some 1.4 trillion dollar in losses. Uh, so it looks like a lot of the financial money is kind of moving towards the dollar for stability, and it's just saying that we got good job growth, that the job numbers came in, we got good job growth. Um, so it seems that things are uh, not necessarily going to be uh, exploding right now, you know, exploding as far as with tremendous growth, but there seems to be a climate of, of somewhat stability, even though there's a lot of stuff, turmoil going on, Throughout the world and everything with the with the different things with uh, you know Britain leaving the uh, the uh, uh, European Union and all this. Well, that's good for America because what happens is all of that transient money that invests in Britain and even invests in the euro, it figures you know what this is not good. Things are very uncertain. Uncle Sam is pretty stable compared to this. Nobody's leaving anywhere. And money goes into the U.S., and that's what's happened. People have invested money in your country. Right. So you guys right. are the winner. You know, well, unfortunately, there's money in misery. <laughs> and Britain's misery is, is your win. Right, right, right. But like I said, it, it really doesn't uh, – it kind of just – I think it looks at, at everything's probably going to be staying a little bit of, you know uh, – we're not going to be folding anything up overnight, but it's it's kind of just like I said, just a sustained slow walk of a growth. Not nothing, uh, not not nothing that's going to be knocking the ball, not knocking the cover off the ball. And I'm not, I'm not really sure. Even uh, probably not a whole lot going to be going on until probably after the election. Anyway, I think probably you know we're just kind of just everybody's kind of just holding pace to just kind of find out 
what's what, and then after the election, um, you know, depending upon how the powers that be feel about that whole situation. <laughs> you know, I, I I really think that I don't think we need to worry about the next six months uh, because everybody's got to eat and people need parts for their cars and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's an awful lot of disruption in our economy. Uh, and exa- the, the two best examples I have right now, of course, and I think we've talked about them before, is uh, is this Airbnb and Uber. And the the third next disruption that's coming down the pipe, which is going to just, it's going to explode and implode, and it's going to just put everybody on their ass in a different light, is going to be this driverless car technology. Now, it's coming at some point. I watched a special on it last night, and I'm not as worried about the driverless trucks because I still think that to operate a a 53-foot trailer, driverless on the highway. I think that we're probably quite a, you know, quite a ways from doing that. Um, however, the driverless cars are definitely going to become a a thing in the of the future, the very near future. And what will propel it is the. I just saw this special last night, and the average person in Canada, in a big city, and I'm sure the same goes for in the USA buys a car, and they're a sizable, you know, buy a new car, it's an expensive piece of equipment, and you use it 4% of the time. The rest of the other 96%, it's sitting in your driveway, or it's sitting in the parking lot at work. So Uber's idea, their idea is to take the ownership of cars away from the individual, and the cars will pick you up and drive you where you're going, and you'll get out of the car, and the next person gets in. And this will create a this whole other economy and these whole other changes because now all of a sudden you're not going to need parking lots. You're not going to need driveways. You're not going to need car dealers. So think, this is disruptive. And there's an awful lot of our listeners and our friends and our competition and uh, other truckers out there that haul cars and haul auto parts. And this is going to be disruptive to all of us. But we can't, you know what, we can stomp our feet and say we don't want this. Well, yeah, but yeah, and I'm not 100% sure because of the love affair that Americans have with vehicles and cars and motorcycles. I I don't know. I'm not not sure about that one, Chuck. I'm I'm just, uh, you know. Rico, you have a... you got bills to pay, man, and when you have to make a choice between uh, paying something, between, you know, somebody's got to make a choice between mortgage payments and buying a car that they don't really need, what are they going to do? Let's see, that's the thing. I mean, hell, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not in this generation because I think that too many, the love affair that, that, that so many people have with, I mean, the, the 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 automobile is like is, that's that's like uh, apple pie. Uh, uh, you know, that's Americana right there. You know, <laughs> hey, they say that's no good for you either. <laughs> <laughs> it's fattening, high in sugar, high in cholesterol. So they taken that away. I haven't right. seen one diet tells you to eat apple pie. <laughs> right, but I, I I'm 
not, I'm not, now I'm with you maybe in some larger cities and stuff like that, but I don't think that, uh, I, I don't know, it's just too many guys that just love, love their, love their cars, love the love vehicles, love driving them. Um, man, that's, that's probably going to be like one of those NRA fights, man. You're not going to hit Well, <laughs> it's like to you take, know, I don't it's think. It's like trying to take, take guns out of people's hands. Yeah. Um, but I think that with the number one, it's a cost factor. Um, you know, and you look at, I know that up in Canada, in the suburbs, everybody, you know, if you have a, a family of four, you have at least three cars. And those cars aren't being utilized. So there's a there's a huge proponent that is, that is a cost factor alone. And the other thing, which I want to remind you, uh, most of the people don't drive them very well. This is true. You definitely get no argument from me on that on, on that stage. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely true. And that's gonna so, propel, um, you know. <laughs> what are you? What are you? Are you hearing anything else coming down from uh, from from some of the bigger guys? Are there any other changes or anything that any other ripples that, as far as the transportation industry is concerned, that um, you might be, might have heard? Since the last time we spoke? Well, um, I hear truck sales are down considerably, um, new trucks, and that tells me that the the market's cooling off a little bit, um, which is no surprise because I think that they've they've pumped out an awful lot of iron on the into the market, and there's nobody to drive them. You know, the turnover rates are just horrendous, and nobody wants to nobody can afford to pay people what they really need. Uh, that's part of the problem. The freight rates in many cases just aren't there. Um, you know, the big uh, you know the big players that control the freight don't want to pay the price. And I think in the end, I think what'll happen is they'll get forced into paying it because we're, you know, we'll go, we keep going back and forth with capacity crunches where there is right. no capacity. And then all of a sudden, because there's no capacity, uh, people decide they're getting into the trucking business and that creates capacity. And then you have an awful yeah, lot of people out there. Go ahead. I'm still dealing with a situation. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the story about this, uh, my customer that I that I, I I have down in Atlanta, um, right? They 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 move this produce. Of course, it's it's, it's produce and and uh, it goes. It's pretty much restaurant ready produce and stuff. It's stuff that you know they kind right. of go through. One of the, one of their major major customers is like Panera Bread and stuff like that. So you know it's you know really uh, high quality uh, produce and. Right. Um, they have a couple of lanes and everything, and when we they they had a driver that uh, that was servicing them, has his own authority and everything, own truck, and uh, he was servicing one of their runs, and they called me and asked me, we said, well, you know, he's having some problems with his truck. Do you think he's covered the run for us? Sure, no problem. What's the run? And they told me the details on the run, and and this is part of the problem. This, you know, I, I noted that whole uh e log situation that there's 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 still a lot of pushback on that. But listen to this run. I'm I'm just going to this this absolutely blew my mind. I, and I and I'm asking the guy when I talk to him 
question, man, how in the hell, why are you running this run like this? Now, this run comes out of Atlanta, Georgia, as a right. stop in Columbia, South Carolina, and right. another stop into Greensboro, North Carolina. Right. Um, they they want they like to be on that particular run. They like to be somewhere in the ballpark of um, they like to pay right around eleven hundred to a thousand dollars on that run. Uh, not bad money, not killer money, but it's not, it's not bad, you know. But it's it's a one way run. Um, right. But they 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 have to run every day now. This gentleman that was covering the run before his truck blew up on him, which I <laughs> he was he was running this run round tripping it, so he would come back empty from Greensboro all the way back to reload for the very next day. Now I ain't got to tell you how illegal that. I mean, that's like a sixteen-hour day. Right to, to run. So he went from Atlanta to Columbia to Greensboro, correct? And came back to Atlanta to reload. That's about 800, 800 miles. Right. So, but he, and he's doing all this for around $1,100. I'm like, dude, you are part of the problem while rates are still so crazy. You can't be, we, the, 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 a lot of the pushback from a lot of the people um, that don't, that, that hate the e-logs that want to, you know, um, they like to be able to have the freedom to do different things. And and, and you got people that are running paper logs that are running it legally, that are, that are running it correctly. But for the people that are out there that are doing it this way, we're giving away so much damn free labor, and that's why I feel like a lot of the rates in the, the whole situation can never really have an opportunity to rise because we're still giving away so much free labor. And I just can't. I just want more and more people to get that through their mind to stop giving away so much of your entrepreneurship and make people pay for what it is that they want. And if you can't, if you can't, you can't provide it to them in in the way that the government says that we have to do our jobs now. Then you know you you gotta you gotta become a little bit more creative. But he was doing this like I say six days a week, and he's doing this run, and I'm like, man, I'm surprised the damn truck wore out before you did. Yeah, that key, you can't be doing that. Mind, You're right. That is the problem, but it's it doesn't. It's not going to end um, anytime soon. But it would take the only thing that's going to stop it. Now, e logs may stop part of this because you're not going to be able to do it on e logs, and it's going to put a value to somebody's time because you know I was thinking about it this weekend when I was out, and once in a while I like to get in the truck just to just to check everything out and and I got to thinking you know um when e-logs come this thing is going to be very difficult for a lot of people to do now I was all I was all legal but I thought to myself there's a lot of guys on this road that aren't that have you know they've drawn up a new logbook or whatever they've done um but that's all going to change and you know you take the e-logs and you take the price of a a new or newer truck and you know the new trucks are insane to buy, and you couldn't do that run. And that's the that's the big difference now is when you're when you have that uh, one man in a truck, 
and he's paid. I don't know how much a how much is just out of curiosity. How much would a new Freightliner uh, conventional be down there? About one hundred and sixty thousand today. I think you probably can pick one up in that one forty range. Okay. Now, okay. Um, so, because up here they're they're close. Mind you, our dollar is so different than yours. Uh, there's such a difference in dollar. I think they're like one seventy, one eighty, something like that. Um, so one forty even. You know that hundred and forty thousand dollars, and you can only drive that truck eleven hours a day. How are you going to do it? It's pretty hard. It, it definitely is. That's why you know the, the revenue on the uh, the revenue has to has to be on the uh, on the run. Of course, you know we can't subsidize. Um, you know we can't be subsidizing all these shippers. Now I get a lot of great phone calls from people through through this um, media and through the work we did down at Council Bluffs from all sorts of people and. You know, we still have that situation all over where I was talking to a gentleman that was located somewhere in Virginia and uh, northern Virginia, and out of northern Virginia going into the Midwest, into Minnesota, he's running reefer freight at a dollar a mile. But he's wow. getting better rates coming back. But you still have the the westbound, the, the western shipper shipping eastbound subsidizing the eastbound guy. Or these guys shipping west, which isn't really fair, but what are you going to do? That's our business. You know, and I think that's something that deregulation has caused is this whole backhaul and downhaul thing. You know, that was one of the pitfalls of it, and, and we've lived to to curse the thing that we wanted so badly. Right, but I, I just think that if we stop giving away so much, um, so much of our entrepreneurship by do you know, like I say, we give it away, we're making it easy sometimes to for, for the shippers and brokers, and we're the ones that are that are that are that are going to be catching all of the heat behind the situation because we just we will not do the hard work. We we you know, my my opinion is that this guy wants. He does this run because it's there, it's easy, um, it's already been put in his lap, so to speak. So he doesn't have to go out and try to develop and cultivate any customers on the other end that's going to take him back there where he can actually move and operate in this lane at a, at, a, at a really tremendous profit, really, if he really would just take the time to invest in himself in his business. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm just looking at this thinking, well, my God, if he got one of his buddies or, uh, or his brother or somebody to go and do the same thing and they got some backhauls, these guys would print money. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, you can't fix stupid, you know, and and we have this. Sometimes people don't know. One of the big problems we have in uh, in trucking is people don't know their expenses. They have no clue. And you can't hide from that, Rico. You know, if your truck's getting six miles to the gallon and it should be getting nine for the run you're doing, you got a problem. You're three miles a gallon short. Right. And I, I think that, you know, uh, I'm going to look into it a little bit more. But to help some people out, I'm, um, there is a um, 
because like I said, we know people sometimes hate doing numbers and stuff like that, but there are this phenomenon out there, and it's actually not a new phenomenon, but uh, personal assistants. They got virtual personal assistants, and they got some guys that you can hire uh, that you you know you can set your QuickBooks off on and 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 give these virtual assistants. Um, you can they can have access to your QuickBooks to actually run your bookkeeping and do all your stuff for you. And some of these guys, you can get them for as low as low as like uh, uh, I think maybe eight bucks a month. Oh my <laughs> God, that's cheap. It's, it's, it's it because well the reason is it's just like uh, you know it's it's all it's outsourced because you got people yeah, over in India. I mean it's, it's all on the internet. It's all on the internet. So you got people over in India that understand you know understand all the ins and outs and are certified with QuickBooks and everything. And and I and, and there are. Uh, countermeasures and stuff there, I know that a lot of times you start talking about giving people that type of access, you know, people start worrying about, well, what they clean my bank account out and stuff like that, but they, there are um, safe They're measures. They're touching your bank account. They're just doing your numbers. Yeah. Right, right, right. But I uh, think you should be more worried buying something over the Internet. <laughs> right, but there, yeah. it would be, there's some help there, you know, just to try to get some people to, to maybe – um, I, I'm going to try to look into that and see what I can find to bring back to our audience to uh, help some people out that that, that don't want to, you know, because don't want to deal with the QuickBooks or don't want to deal with the numbers aspect of it. But if you get somebody in there to kind of help you and, and make your business a bit uh, a little bit better and a lot easier to manage, and then it gives you the opportunity to, to know where the growth potential lies for your business. You know, if you it makes perfect know sense. How and and of course, uh, you know Kevin Rutherford has, has the uh, the accounting software, and and it, if you are someone that's leased on, it works great. Uh, I know that there's a little bit of a a back work on there for doing it if you have your own authority, but I believe there's a little bit of a tweak that the office that they might be able to help you with out with on that as well. But you know you got to take the time out to. Uh, Exactly. And, and just like that, boom, we have went over the one hour mark and and, and, and so sadly none of this stuff has been recorded because I, I, I screwed up on the uh setting the show up. <laughs> well you gotta get your daughter to set it up next time, then it'll be done because you know, you and I aren't that good with technology, I guess. Right, right. I, I might, I might have to uh, delegate a little bit more, put a little bit more on a plate, because uh, I, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> between her and, and my other daughter that, that used to help us out with the podcast, she's off in college right now. Uh, but, uh, but, but, uh, got to start making them earn their keep there a little bit more there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, this with you tonight. I wasn't expecting to do this. <laughs> well, we appreciate you calling in and spending a little bit more, a little bit of time with us. So we wasn't, we definitely wasn't expecting it, but we always, always take it, take advantage of the opportunity to have you on and, and to share more and impart more light with us, share as much information and pick your brain as much as you possibly can. Uh, got some different stuff that I'm trying to, uh, different topics. I, I may shoot you an email on when we actually have you on in, in two weeks for the entire show. Uh, got some different things I wanted to kind of uh, 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 run by you for that show. But, um, oh, that'd be yeah, great. Definitely appreciate you coming on. 
But before we get out of here and we're not recorded, we got still got a, quite a few people that are on the line. If anybody does have any questions or would like to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Well, they just have to call uh, 800-388-4352, and my extension is 203. Or they can email Chuck at Traffics, that's T-R-A-F-F-I-X, dot com. And I get back to everybody. I talk to people. That gives me an opportunity to give back to everyone. And I really appreciate that opportunity. I noticed in my email, I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but I noticed that you put out a new blog as well. Uh, Yes, I did one. uh, Actually, that's a really good one. Um, if I have to say so myself, because it was, uh, it's short and sweet, but it uh, gives you just an example of communication with customers and our, our whole world, how when we're texting, how some etiquette has to occur here, or you can have a disaster, and we almost had a disaster here. So if you get a chance, read my blog uh, on that. Where, 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 do need, where do we need to go to check the blog out, Joe? I think you can get it from our website, uh, www.traffics.com. You can pick it right off there. All righty. All righty. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and jump on with us there, Chuck, kind of freestyle. And for everyone, ladies and gentlemen, that's listening in, we appreciate your time and support for coming and checking us out here on the Racing Lanes podcast. Just a quick reminder, housekeeping before we do close all the way out. Kenny Long has this uh, podcast every Tuesday at 7 p.m., Trucking with Authority. We have uh, Kim. Kim Cochran does her podcast, Destination Health. That was actually a little bit earlier today at 1 p.m. And on Sundays at 9 p.m., Mike and Kevin Beckett, their show, Rolling Toe, Sundays at 9 p.m. Check out all of the shows, all of the different podcasts. And, of course, Kevin and Lisa Rutherford, the uh, audio road, their show is every Monday through Wednesday at 1 p.m. So you can check all of those shows out. We appreciate all you guys for your support. Appreciate you coming here, checking us out here on the Racing Lanes podcast. This has been Rico Muhammad along with Chuck Snow coming and joining, uh, tandeming with me here at the very end. And we appreciate it. You guys, you guys stay safe out there. Keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise, and we'll talk to you same time next week. Good night and God bless. Be safe, Rico. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.